Coming up on Unpacked. You were formerly a domestic worker, yes. but your life is something completely different today. There is no regulation. The regulation is there, but it's not adhered to. If someone is wearing a uniform and is working as a domestic worker, we need to respect that person because those people raise doctors. There is more to that woman in your house who's wearing an apron. Today's guests are two former domestic workers whose lives reflect something completely different to where they used to be. These are their stories. Let's unpack. Ntombi Zotwa Mahlangu did not have an easy start to life. Born on a farm in Mpumalanga, she and her three siblings were raised by their grandparents while their parents worked in Gauteng. Ntombi Zotwa's dream was to be an electric engineer, but with no financial means, she became a domestic worker, earning only 2,000 rand per month. Lindiwe Shibambo was one of seven children born to an assistant bookkeeper mother in Soshanguve Township near Pretoria. Coming from an underprivileged background, her opportunities after matric were extremely limited. She then started out as a domestic worker and managed to raise enough money to enroll for an internal auditing qualification that would then change her life. The ladies join me to discuss their successful career transitions. These are their stories. Let's unpack. Ndobuzotwa, thank you so much for joining us in studio. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Sis Kilewukhile, and thank you for having me. And also joining us in this conversation, Lindiwe via Videocon. How are you, Lindiwe? I'm okay. How are you? I am good. Thank you for joining us. All right, so Ndombi, um, you were formerly a domestic worker. Yes. But your life is something completely different today. Take us back to how you found yourself becoming a domestic worker. Where were you in your life? Um, Sissy, in my life at that stage, I was at home, I was doing nothing. And maybe if I can take you back a bit from where I grew up. I grew mm. up on a farm and uh, on that farm, we actually had no information at all. You know, when you grow up on a farm, it's actually far from anything, far from shops, from, far from everything you may think of. So we had no information and the schools as well were really uh, not good. But moving from that farm, we went to Gwamhlanga. Mm. I had a metric, but I had no information on how to study further. We always thought that Abandobathfundayo, I mean, people who study are those who have monies at home or mm. from, um, I mean, from rich families. So, and for that reason, I was just at home doing nothing, but gathering information as well, because I was now in the area where there was information. Mm. So while I was gathering that information, I made a biggest mistake. I fell pregnant at the age of mm. 19 and I had my daughter then. Mm. So, and after having my daughter, I had no choice. And at that stage, I had already found information on how to study further. And I had mm. already applied with um, NFSS to find me at TUT. So I couldn't go and study further because I had the little one now. So mm. um, after that, taking care of the little one as well. I had to make a plan on how to get out of that situation. Mm. And the only solution was to be a domestic worker because I had language barrier, mm. first of all, and also I had no any other experience. Mm. So when I grew up on a farm, I used to work from grade seven to grade 12. I was working on weekends and I always had my extra cash. So that was the only experience I had, which was domestic work. Mm. So I told myself, if I just go back and do this domestic work and just generate some income, for myself and study further. Mm. So that's how I landed up 
on being a domestic worker. And I think it's important for us to make clear to everybody, Jorge, uh, when we're having this conversation, it's not to look down on anybody's work or yes. anything. Yes. It's just the fact that there are different circumstances that will lead a person to be there and these are your circumstances. Yes, Ceci, yes. You can't look down on mm. anyone who's doing because you don't know what actually pushed them to do that kind of employment. Mm. Some mm. are doing that, ki that kind of employment. I mean, I, I once met uh, one petrol attendant. He actually told me that he has master's degree, but he mm. couldn't find employment and he couldn't just sit at home and do nothing. He just had to go somewhere, do some work mm. while he was looking for his, um, I mean, for the work that he actually qualifies for. Mm. So you might look at someone down only to find out that those, the, I mean, the, the very same person you are looking down on is more qualified than you. Mm. Mm. Uh, Sis Lindy, so from your side, how did you find yourself uh, becoming a domestic worker? I came from a very poor background. So we were seven at home and my mom was a single parent. So um, the, when I finished my matric, actually when, when I was writing my matric, I already knew that I don't have money to further my studies. So, um, you know, I completed my matric, I was very discouraged. Um, and my friends, my peers, my former schoolmates were going to tertiary um, and I was sitting at home and doing nothing. And I thought, I, I, I have a choice. I have dreams, I have aspirations. And to sit at home and do nothing is not is not pushing towards those aspirations. And as Ndombizotwa has mentioned, I was I'm the youngest, I'm the oldest, sorry, I'm the oldest daughter. So I know how to cook, clean, and iron. And uh, on weekends also, we used to go to Lodium and uh, you know, part-time clean houses and make some money. So I decided to work as a domestic worker full-time instead of sitting at home whilst my friends are at tertiary. And for you personally, I mean, you were at school at the time. How did it make you feel having your peers living a different life to the life you were living? It, you know what? To be honest, I was very discouraged. Um, but as you know, Soshanguve is a township. There is a lot of options. There's lots of bad choices that you can make in that environment. I was very discouraged and I became more frustrated when I actually became a domestic worker because I then, you know, saw firsthand how people look down on domestic workers. You know, you are called a kitchen girl, you are called, uh, you know, names that are really not pleasant. Mm. So, and I was, I was not proud to tell those friends of mine that I'm a domestic worker. Mm. And from your side, what were you feeling at the time? I mean, your circumstances were a little bit different. Yes. But your peers were, you know, some of them were living different lives. Yes. I, I had to understand, Sissy. I think um, growing up on a very different background, it assisted me a lot. I mean, growing up on a farm, we had to accept the way situation was at home. Mm. So we had to accept that this is how things are. I'm also from a, I mean, a very poor background. I mean, my mom was a domestic worker mm. and I mean, my father worked in construction. So I, I, I did understand that, you know what, out of domestic work, you can be something. I mean, um, mm. with my mom being a domestic worker and be, being able to, I mean, uh, provide for everyone at home. I didn't mind at all. And there were a lot of people, as I said, that were, were coming from on that farm. There's a lack of information. There are a lot of people who matriculate and still go and do domestic work. So I didn't have peer pressure at all. Actually, I was mm. so proud. I would even wear my uniform and walk around with it in the streets, carrying this little girl that I was taking care of. So I didn't feel any pressure from my mm. side. Mm. Did you, Lindy, ever feel like this is 
going to be it for you or did you always believe that there would be something else? I always, um, I always believed that there is something better. And mm. I understood that is a, this is a stop towards a particular journey. So when I was, a, a, as Ntombizoto also mentioned that, my, one of my objectives was to raise money to go to tertiary um, instead of sitting and doing nothing. So um, I always, always believe that there is, there is a bigger picture. You know, this is not it for me. Um, I am, you know, I'm growing towards something else. What What was your belief at the time about, you know, because you were proud. Did you feel like, you know what, after this, I want the next thing? Yes. From leaving home to start being a domestic worker, the reason was to raise money for my education. So I didn't actually lose focus on that. I made sure that I raised some money with the little cash that I earned, I paid for a short course. Mm. So I made sure that I keep focus, even though I... I I had to take care of my daughter at home as well. But with the little cash that I have, that I had at that, at that stage, I had to make sure that I carry on with my dream and I do pay for my studies. Mm. Don't be so chat to me about now, you are in this space. When did that first event take place in your life that made you start to change your life? And what was that journey like? Um, the journey was quite um, difficult. It wasn't an mm. easy one at all. Firstly, as I've mentioned, I had language barrier. Mm. And having a language barrier, now you want to study and you can't go and study full-time because you are taking care of the little one, you are taking, I mean, you are, you are a full-time employee, you can't go to a class. Mm. And now that meant I had to do everything in the house. I mean, I, have to, I had to do everything on my own. Mm. And it wasn't an easy thing. I mean, having a language barrier, now you have to learn everything on your own. It wasn't easy at all. But I did uh, purchase myself a small computer because by then I only had a metric and I had a driver's license as well. When I was home, you know, there was that hype that if you have a driver's license and a metric, you can be a cop. And I was really unfit, actually, to be a police, but mm. I believe that ah, just to be out of poverty, let me do this. Mm. And when that didn't work, that's when I decided to do domestic work. But now I'm um, having a driver's license and just a metric, and I needed something because sometimes when I saw newspapers, um, when they delivered the newspapers, I would read it and they would say, if you have a metric and, a, and mm. a, I mean, a kind of computer course, you can be a receptionist and so forth. So I wanted to do this Microsoft Office. So I bought myself, I first bought myself an old computer and that's when things started, actually. Mm. Yes. So after you bought the computer, uh, when was that moment that things started changing positively? It started changing positively after registering. So I started studying and then I got my certificate. And I looked for employment then. It wasn't easy. I mean, employers didn't believe in me because now you are a domestic worker, you don't have experience. They want receptionists, but they want someone with an experience. Mm. Until this other one physiotherapist that wasn't far from where I stayed believed in me, said to me, listen, for the fact, for the fact that you taught yourself this, I will give you an opportunity. So I had to work extra hard to mm. prove to her that I can actually do this and I will, um, I mean, I will, I will do the job mm. well. So um, from then, I never looked back. Mm. And, and what was it then, because you're saying um, you, you started studying, what was it then that you were studying at the time that led you to the point that you said, okay, I have this confidence to go and apply for this job? At that time, I was doing Microsoft Office. Mm, mm, so I did Microsoft Office, the Word, Excel, PowerPoint, mm. because I wanted to have a computer certificate. That's yes. what was required. Mm. So after she employed me, 
I carried on then after she employed me as a receptionist admin. And in three months' time, she realized that I actually put, because as I'm saying that, I had to prove to her that I can do this. So I worked extra hard. And with the driver's license, that was all, all I mean, in my past all the time, it started working because she would send me around and say, go take, I mean, go fetch the patient or go go deliver this for me. Mm. So it worked as well. So I worked extra hard and extra hours as well. So she saw the, uh, the I mean, the effort that I always put on my job. And then she gave me extra work. And at the later stage, I was even handling her accounts. Mm. Yes. Mm. Nice, nice, nice. Lindy, and from your side, when did things just start to change? Well, for me, I think I was fortunate enough that, you know, I worked as a domestic worker and I was very young and I was blessed to have such amazing employers. I used to work in Sunnyside when it was, you know, bougie and all that. So I had um, employers and I remember my employer said to me, you are so young and you're so good with my kids. Um, I mean, the kids love me. I was as young as them. So, I mean, you know, we, we just blended and we're very happy. And, and she said to me, what is it that you want to do with your life? Mm. And I said, you know, I want to study BCom accounting. And he said, okay, I, I, unfortunately, I won't be able to give you an increase, but I will get you more jobs on weekends with my friends so then you can go and babysit because I can see how good you are with the kids. Mm. And uh, I think, she, you know, she sort of gave me some courage to also believe in my dream. And I worked and, uh, and she also monitored that indeed I'm saving the money. Mm. And then in 1998, I went to TUT, Harangua campus. It was called Sikokailo at the time. And I went and I registered and I qualified to register for internal auditing. Mm. And yeah, and, and, and that's when everything began. Um, as much as I was studying auditing, I still worked on weekends as a domestic worker. And um, yeah, my second year, I was fortunate enough to also secure NASPAS, and then I became an SRC member. So, you know, it was survival all the way. So what happened next, Lindywe? Well, when I went to uh, TUT, um, my first year, some of the fees at the time, it was called TEFSA, and it would only cover tuition fees. So mm. we never got money for textbooks or allowance or anything that's happening in today's days. So I had to work, uh, continue work as a domestic worker, uh, on weekends. And I mean, I was in those tertiary institutions where there was a bash almost every weekend. Mm. And unfortunately, I couldn't be part of that. I had to understand that my circumstances are not the same as others. Mm. And uh, one day I attended a meeting at the hall and there were these guys that are wearing nice um, uh, blazers and, and people gave them so much respect. And they told me, uh, these are SRC members uh, they are the leaders and they are part of management. And uh, one thing is that they attend a tertiary for free. Uh, their tuition and everything, their rooms, even their meals are covered. And I thought, okay, that's my game plan for my second year because um, I wasn't sure about TEFSA the second year. And then I campaigned to be an SRC member the second year. And at least a bit of, you know, a bit of relief because I won and 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 I was relieved of certain financial burdens. I didn't have to work uh, on weekends as a domestic anymore because I had a catering, I had a room, I had, uh, you know, my my stationery, everything covered my textbooks, and yeah, um, that 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 was my tertiary life uh, after being a domestic worker. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice that that opportunity presented itself exactly at the right, right time that you needed it. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. And for me, um, you know, my journey took me where I am today. But for me, uh, when I left domestic work, when I did my second year at TUT, I thought that was it for me in terms of the sector, yeah, domestic workers and all that. And, you know, uh, life had other plans for me. And brought you all the way back. But we will come to that because I think that's the most beautiful part of both of your stories is where, we, where you are today. But before that, um, I just want to speak, uh, uh, want us to chat a little bit around the attitude of South Africans towards domestic work and domestic workers. What have you observed and what do you think we can do better? Um, they actually look down on domestic work. Actually, generally, uh, I've noticed now that when we talk of women, we've made change, women, uh, we always talk of women in the corporate world. Mm. And we don't go down and look at the domestic workers and all that because mm. they work for individual people. But if we, uh, I mean, looking at the broader scope, mm. they actually work very hard and they earn a little but they survive out of that little. Mm. And we, and the way we look down on domestic workers, it's like now, if you can say to a child, do you want to be a domestic worker? And they, no, that's the kind of job that I can't do. Mm. But what if then the situation hits hard that you can't even do anything? You don't have any opportunities. Will mm. you leave that um, in employment just because of your status quo? Mm. So it's really, um, people still look down on domestic workers. Mm. And uh, that is why after graduating, because I did study further as well. I'm now mm. a BA uh, degree holder. So when studying further, I realized that I actually need to make this thing of people looking down as domestic workers stop. If someone is wearing a uniform and is working as a domestic worker, we need to respect that person because those people raise doctors. They raise, I mean, I was also raised by a domestic worker. So I did, um, I mean, in my journey, I did write a book, Brightness of Diamonds Through Soil, and the cover has my has myself as a domestic worker. I mean, I, I wore a uniform as a domestic worker and also a uniform, a graduation uniform, just to show that just because you are domestic worker, it doesn't mean that you won't reach any level. Mm -hmm. Lindy, what are your thoughts just on the general attitude towards domestic work in South Africa? Kilewila, uh, I totally agree with what Ndom Zoto is saying. Uh, domestic worker sector in South Africa is a sector that is very much marginalized. If you look at it closely, there is a lot of exploitation in that sector more than any other sector. And if also you look at the regulation that governs that sector, you know, it's, it's not properly monitored. You have a lot of domestic workers that are underpaid, that are overworked, that are not registered for unemployment insurance fund and other benefits. They don't get pay slips. They are, they are, you know, they, they are not recorded. And, and that was very evident during the national lockdown last year, where some of us had to deal with thousands and thousands of domestic workers that were laid off with no notice. And when you check, they are not registered. And there's no, no, no body that really, really makes sure that regulation is adhered to in that sector. And I think those are elements that make sure that society, you know, that contributes to uh, society looking down on domestic workers because there is no regulation. The regulation is there, but it's not adhered to. So that sort of uh, influences behavior uh, towards society looking down on domestic workers and 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 thinking that it's something that cannot uh, be respected. Mm. But if you look at uh, uh, some uh, employers of domestic workers, they do try to encourage their domestic workers to to get skills 
to grow. Like, as I said, with my personal story, I, I was just one of those fortunate ones. So you do have indeed employers that really do their best to take care of their domestic workers. Uh, they even go to an extent of looking after their, their children and their families and so on and so forth. Where are you today in Dombi? Today, uh, I work as an assistant director um, in the public sector. Mm, yes. Mm, mm. And this all from you starting bit by bit, um, pushing forward, even though you came from where you came from and it didn't seem like a, a, real, a realistic uh, place that you'd get to in your life? No, it didn't seem like at all. You know, when I, I started studying, I actually did public administration and communications because I wanted to get the communication part well. Mm -hmm. You know, when you are at school, they teach you English. It's just that one of learning at school, but communicating in English was something else for me. So I had to get that right, and it was through books. And that assisted me a lot. It actually made me to grow because I worked for other organizations as mm -hmm. well before lending in the public sector as the um, assistant director. So um, all I can say is, as Ulindwe has mentioned, that you know, employers. If you get not all employers are, um, are I mean, bad or, or what, we actually have good employers. We just don't ask the right questions. Mm. As a domestic worker, if they see that you want to study and you go there, ask the right questions, they may assist you. But if you don't push yourself to that level that you want to study and you you ask them the right questions, mm. they, they, I mean, they won't know that you want to push yourself, and they can't say to you, do this. You know. When they say you can't fit, you can't feed someone something. Mm. Just lend them how to. Uh, I mean, uh, show them how to mm. eat. Don't spoon feed them. So maybe, maybe they, maybe you are employed by someone who wants to assist you, but you are just not asking the right questions. So I was also assisted when they saw potential that I want to study further. I was also assisted, and that opened mm. opportunities to me. I mean, for me, that is why today I'm now this person that I am. That I thought I wouldn't be mm. because of the background. Mm. And I think the beautiful thing about what you're saying is sometimes we need to share with people what it is we want to do yes. for the universe to respond and give us the help that we need. So maybe you do have an employer that would be willing to help and has the means to help, yes. but they, you've never mentioned that you're interested in anything beyond what they see you yes. as doing. Yes, yes, that's true. If you are quiet, we won't know what is it that you want to do. What if maybe you tell me something that you want to you want to do something? I might have an opinion or maybe answers to what you need to do. But just because you are quiet, you are losing that kind of information because mm. you tell yourself that I don't want to share. But if you share and ask your employers the right questions, they will assist you. Lindy, we're from your side. Wow. Where do you find yourself uh, today? Where am I today? I am the founder of Made For You, which is a training and recruitment and placement agency for domestic workers. I mean, we focus more on skills development. And when we talk skills development, we're not talking how to hold a broom. We're talking about you as a person, you know, uh, making you understand the impo your, the, your importance, you know, the important role that you play in that household and also trying to invoke those dreams that you have and to also encourage you to say, listen, tell universe what you want, invoke it, it shall happen, speak to the right people, use the right language. Um, so yeah, I'm very happy for that. I am the uh, South African Domestic Workers Forum uh, chairperson. Uh, which is the forum that uh, brings together employers and employees of domestic workers. We talk about domestic worker issues. We work with the unions and everybody else. 
to sort of uh, just pu push for change uh, because our main objective is to get this sector professionalized. Mm. Um, I'm also mm. a chamber committee member for the services CETA. I sit there to address issues of domestic workers. And lastly, I also uh, assist with the CCMA task team where we also address domestic worker issues, how to better the sector, how to educate domestic workers, you know, how to reach domestic workers, how to unify them. Mm, yeah. mm, mm. And I think it's such a, a, a great journey that you've been on to be where you are and to hear of all the different uh, positions that you are holding, the kind of influence that you have, and to think of where it all started. I think it's such a beautiful journey. Final words to the viewers at home, Lindiwe? Well, I'd like to say to the viewers at home, um, there is more to that woman in your house who's wearing an apron. She might want to be a doctor. She might want to be a director. Have a conversation with her. Perhaps go and visit her at her house. You will be so surprised. I always say to my employers, go go to Deep Slot, go to Alexander, go to Soshangube, mm. visit mm. that woman. She's a treasurer at church. Mm. She's an auntie to mm. the kids in the community. And, uh, you know, the nice thing is you'll also discover where your kittens are, you know, when I joke with them. <laughs> so, um, so please just, that woman uh, taking care of your kids, be interested, know her, understand her, and she will really, really remain loyal to you. And we do know that was a joke. We're not implying anything. <laughs> We're just making a nice, lighthearted joke. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. And from your side, final words for the viewers at home? What I would like to say to the viewers at home is that don't sit at a corner and cry and blame other people for your situation. There is a reason you were born in that kind of a situation. God knows you have a diamond in you. Fight hard to find that diamond. Don't choose employment. Take any other opportunity that you get. Run with it and use it to your advantage. Don't be that one who always complains but doesn't do anything with, I mean, your life. So work hard. And when you work hard, you know, when they always say that, if you work hard, you will always have the rewards. So work hard. I know that these days, I mean, if we look at our economy, we, people might be discouraged that why should we work hard, why the situation? But all I would like to say to the viewers is that God has a plan with our lives. Work hard. One day there will be a reward. Hashtag unpacked with Rilewakhile. Thank you so much to both of our guests for their beautiful journeys and stories. You don't have to be a domestic worker to actually find some kind of inspiration. I think the moral of the story really is it doesn't matter where you are or how you found yourself there. What matters is there is more, there can be more, especially if you want more. And generally, there are people who would like to help and there are opportunities around you that can assist. Details will be on your screens. Get into conversations with us. And of course, if you want to continue the conversations, and see the extended version, head over to YouTube. Thank you for joining us. Have a good night. Next time on Unpacked. Why, am I ha why did I have 13 miscarriages? Mm. Should I just toss it aside? But mm. there's not that information available. When you get another diagnosis and, and your, your condition manifests, that when, that's when you're like, oh, this is really serious.
Unpacked with Rilebukhile Mabocha. New episodes weekdays at 5.30pm on my YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe. Television edited broadcasts weekdays at 5pm. Open up to S3.